Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Keeping It Real, your IGM Movies podcast. This is Moro, and with me today are Chris Carl, Megatron, and Phil Varello. I don't know what Autobot or Decepticon <laughs> name I should say. Chris was Jazz to Moonbase Two. Chris Jazz was, was two. bragging <laughs> prior to the podcast about how he was going to work on work in a Megatron. Uh, reference, and I'm, I'm going to surprise you on the other one. I want to see how... I'll, the, I'll work it in. Don't worry about I, it. I liked it, though. <laughs> it's not going to be about the Flash. <laughs> you know, I just saw uh, Transformers, the animated movie, at a local theater here in L.A. Wow. They did a retro screening of it. It was awesome. Yeah. It, it, it's, I, think it's, I think it's my favorite Transformers movie. It is I'm my favorite Transformers I'm shaking my head movie. at both of you. Why? It's shaking my head. You underestimate the power of Stan Bush, clearly. <sighs> I got <trauma>. Wow. <laughs> Other than you've got the touch. You've got the touch. We can't, for um, uh, legal reasons, we can't sing more than that. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have to bleep out the Megatron reference, too, because exactly. royalties. Well, listen, we've got uh, actually a couple of big news items um, that broke uh, yesterday, actually. So um, I want to get right to the news of the week. But, but first, obviously, we always start off with the week in box office. Um, so let's kind of get through that pretty quickly. We had a... a a holiday weekend, so it was a, a, a long, it was a three-day weekend, right. uh, plus one of the films, uh, which was uh, George Clooney's The American, actually opened on Wednesday, so it had a little bit of a longer longer run, but um, just kind of running down the top, uh, the top three, you have uh, The American was in first place at $16.4 million. Uh, Machete came in at number two. Uh, 14 million oh, and good. Takers came in at number three with 13.5 million. It was predicted that Takers was, right. was ahead of Machete, and then I was like, America? Really? Yeah. yeah. This is what you're going to America likes um, the American, though. Ooh. <laughs> Indeed, oh, it does. You see what I did, did there? You just Gene Shalleted that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting is that, yeah, it was, it was a close run. It was like Takers was at number two at 11.5 million, and the Machete was at number three at 11.3. But I guess after, uh, after all the. The receipts were counted. Uh, machete kind of eke through. Is there something about the movie Takers being a close run for anything resembling second <laughs> place that disturbs me? Well, I mean, you know, remember what happened to Grindhouse when that thing opened? All these, yeah, all these hopes and expectations. Yeah. And, but you know? I, I, I don't feel like the same hopes and expectations were on Machete, honestly. Like, I felt like after Grindhouse, it was not... It, nobody was expecting this movie to, like... Blow up and do thirty million this weekend. I think Fox was expecting this movie to I blow think up Fox and do was thirty million. For like 20 yeah. plus. I think they were hoping for it, but like, was anybody expecting it to do that? I no. wasn't. I, I mean, no. it it appeals to you know that same audience that go see like a kick ass or like the original yeah. Ride Houses. Yeah. So yeah. Um, also, you know, I don't think fourteen million is that bad for that movie. You know, for I, that frame either. Yeah. I mean, that's well, fourteen million is not bad for you know. The past several weeks of the box office, this has been incredibly low. Like yeah, past three weeks. Thin, uh, well, it's interesting. Like you know, Eric Oldman from IGN TV was pointing out earlier that this, the month of August, like and concluding, you know, with the Labor Day weekend, has all been like these these niche like guilty pleasure type movies been coming out like like you know Expendables, yeah, Piranha 3D, and now you know Machete. Yeah, well, I mean, traditionally, like August, September are the kind of dumping grounds yeah. for you know, and and I, I, you know, while I like the Expendables and I didn't see Piranha Three, but I know you guys saw it and liked it. Um, I guess many could argue that those were kind of movies that would be dumped by yeah. by a studio, but um, but they pulled through. I mean, right? You know, well, Expendables has actually put up really good numbers. Yeah, and, right. And I, you know, I, I think 
I think Machete's, you know, Rodriguez has already gone on record saying he wants to make sequels and mm-hmm. see what happens there. But uh, and Machete didn't cost a whole lot. Yeah, no. it, it couldn't have cost that much, you know? All of his movies, man, are, are, are quick, down, and dirty, yeah, you know? All, yeah. all the money had to go to the talent, and, you know, you know he got them at, at bargain rates because uh, he's Danny Trejo gets $40 million a picture. Yeah. <laughs> Are you being serious or for no, she's okay, okay, I was gonna say <laughs> she's she's no. <laughs> yeah. no, but but Chris, you have a point. He's I mean, if you look at all his films, it's all the same folks. Even if they're in just little cameos, it's almost like this little fraternity that he's created that right. they just like working with him. And I think it's because it's so easy to come in, shoot a day, yeah, and then we, pop out. Yeah. Danny yeah. Trejo, you know, Cheech Marin, uh, freaking Jessica Alba, Jessica Alba, the, Michelle Rodriguez. The, this is a little troop of actors, Jeff Fahey. You know, like who? And you, you know that Robert uh, um, Robert De Niro was not taking a ton of money for this movie, so <laughs> whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. make more. Exactly. Also, from the Rodriguez, uh, you know, family theater was uh, the kid from Spy Kids, all grown up. Oh, nice. The kid he played from one Spy of the Kids. the thugs. You know, Which was, kid? Wait, the son, the the little boy? No, yeah, the little boy played In Spy uh, Kids. Yeah, played one of the the two thugs who helped Machete get into like the chop shop and get his oh yeah. yeah oh my god now i didn't recognize that until uh until you said that i love Holy it when you see crap. people from like el mariachi and desperado showing up later <laughs> right <laughs> right movies, I, you're like wow it's kind of like uh, that dante guy from clerks getting right. work in <laughs> in the later kevin smith films. right like, no dude right know, right well you know marketable what? i'm gonna really quickly segue we can finish out the 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 box office in a second but uh I'm going to read some reader mail here because somebody actually wrote in specifically uh, about talking about um, Robert Rodriguez. And you know what? If you'd like to contribute your own reader mail, you can do that at keepingitreal at IGN.com. We've been very remiss in not <laughs> giving out the email address. So we're going to give it out like now, six Chris, times. Tell them that it's keeping it real and keeping it real yeah, either at one. IGN.com. Work. Both we go to the bases. same place. Yes. Yeah. We got you covered here at IGN Movies. <laughs> but uh, Digi Frutella writes <laughs> – I just wanted to comment on From what you Endor? guys. <laughs> I just wanted to comment on what you guys talked about concerning Robert Rodriguez and those movies. I think apart from also making these films for his kids, these films make a ton of money and are the source uh, of funding for the films Rodriguez really wants to do. He makes one kid film and makes a ton. Then the studio, the studio, then gives all the money Rodriguez needs, and he makes stuff like Machete, Sin City, Planet Terror, etc. He's earned their trust with the kids' films he makes. Well, that's partially true. Right, right. Some some of his movies make money on the kids' side. Shorts didn't make too much. Right. Um, and I don't think Lava Girl made too, too much. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah. <laughs> that one still has a long and legs on DVD. Hey, but it did uh, It did make a career for uh, Taylor Lautner, right? That's yeah. true. Yeah. But, you Is know, he Shark Boy? Yeah. Rodriguez, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had a chance. I think the Spy Kids movie is you know, a good example of... of you know, family movies that are that are going to turn a profit. And Robert Rodriguez is such a well-oiled machine, like such a single-man operation. Yeah. He can keep that budget really low. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, also, like, the last Spy Kids movie, Spy Kids 3D, well, wasn't, was not as big a hit as 1 and 2. It kind of makes sense for him to revisit that franchise now. Sure. With, you know, you know 3 d Ocalypse happening. Exactly. <laughs> and and there's, you know, name recognition to that franchise. Yeah, I mean, you know. I've said this before on the podcast, but... Uh, if you haven't checked out his book, Rebel Without a Crew, you should check it out. It's kind of all the all the seeds of everything that he does now in his career are happening in that in book, book, including like 
you know, his original ideas for Spy Kids and even shorts and stuff like that. And it kind of tells you, like, how you can go out and get it if you're really hungry as a filmmaker. So it's a really good read um, That's for cool. film fans. So check it out, Rebel Without a Crew. Cool. Rodriguez. Um, well, real quick, I'll just run through the rest of the um, the box office here. Um, you, we had uh, The Last Exorcism was in fourth place. Um, Going the Distance, which is uh, Drew Barrymore, Justin Long, kind of romantic comedy, was in fifth place. Think Didn't go very far. Did yeah, it? <laughs> I feel like a couple of us predicted that as the top movie last, yeah. last week. Yeah. Uh, the Other Guys was in seventh. Eat, Pray, Love. Uh, was an eighth. Uh, Inception still hanging into the top ten at number nine. Well done, Chris Nolan. And uh, Nanny McPhee Return rounds it out at number ten. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, so. but good, good going, Inception. Yeah. The movie will not leave theaters. So until Never. we get... Uh, I get think kicked out. Yeah. I think uh, the box office is just going to remain in this kind of state of flux until we get, like, the next big, like, huge movie that well, I mean, audiences are expecting until, to. Like, October yeah. that we're really going to get something... Well, yeah, I mean, we'll get Saw, we'll get uh, Paranormal t- Activity 2. I think the, that'll kind of stabilize I mean, we things. We might see some, some fun numbers with uh, uh, Wall Street 2 at the end of the month. Yeah, the September, possibly. But, yeah, yeah that's I wouldn't true. expect like $30 million from that. Yeah. All right, let's get into... Resident Evil. Could Resident Evil okay. could, be, could uh, be fun. Yeah, you're right. I totally forgot about that one. Of course, opening this weekend, and I forgot about <laughs> it. Uh, we'll talk about uh, that later. Yeah, but go yeah, see yeah. it, everyone. Yeah, please. Um, all right. Let's get into the news, huh? Because we've got uh, this kind of big story that broke uh, broke yesterday, and that is regarding the Dark Tower um, series of books from Stephen King and Mega their franchise. Yeah, their <laughs> their their subsequent adaptations. So we've been hearing a lot about it over the years. Um, I know J.J. Abrams was attached to it for to the to the property for a while to adapt it as a, a trilogy of films. Then there was talk of it being an ongoing TV series. Right. Well, now the news that broke yesterday is that, um, you know, Ron Howard, Akiva Goldsman, Brian Grazer, uh, they're behind the adaptation. And it's going to be a trilogy of films and a TV series. So what's going to happen is we're going to get a feature film to not, uh, kick everything off. That's going to spin into a season of TV, which is going to tell a story. When that season ends, we're going to go into a second feature film. That one ends, leads into a second season of TV, which leads into the third film. So this is similar to what I wanted to do with the BAPS trilogy (laughs) and TV series. (laughs) What about the Baby's Kids? (laughs) So basically what Ron Howard and the writer of Batman and Robin have just done is drop the mic on how to make franchise happen. It's so crazy. They, that they, is unprecedented. Yeah. Like that it, is... Well, and it's funny because uh, the the you know the the report includes a quote from Ron Howard how he's kind of comparing what they're trying to do to what Peter Jackson did with Lord of the Rings and kind of one upping it. I mean, he's yeah, not he's not that yeah that. he's not that blatant. He's not saying yeah. I'm better than Peter Jackson, but he's just like you know what Peter Jackson did was revolutionary, and we're trying to kind of follow along those lines right. and do something even more revolutionary. He did say that to me, though. We, we had lunch at the Grove the other day. He said <laughs> that to me. Yeah. He Peter said, Jackson's a chump. He said Peter Jackson, quote-unquote, is a chode. <laughs> and, and a that, hack. That's what that, he said. That interview is going to be part of a new Chris Carl series, uh, Carl at the Johnny Rockets. <laughs> right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> 
Um, oh, man. I, followed by botulism. <laughs> yeah. I also think it should be important to note, I, I left out that, um, I mean, obviously, I guess you would assume this, but you shouldn't assume anything in Hollywood, um, that the same cast is going to travel from medium to medium. So, it's in other words, be. he's going to cast the and, film, and that cast is going to be in the TV right. series. And Ron Howard will also direct the first movie and, I believe... The first season. The... The first well, season or the pilot? It's unknown. It, he's, it, it's kind of ambiguous. Yeah, yeah, it's, worded, it, it's goofy. I think it. I think it was worded as the first season. However, you know, folks who know anything about television, that's that's really ambitious for it's one not, director yeah, to you happen. know, especially if he's prepping the second film. There's no way that he's going to yeah. direct gonna, every episode of that thing, right? And like logistically too, like to roll into like a feature film, like it takes like ninety, hundred days to shoot. Something like this will probably take more than that, like maybe Lord of the Rings time. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about this, though. A lot of the prep work, once done, is going to be able to carry over, right? Yeah. You're going to have a lot of the sets, the locations, the costumes, etc. What know? I'm wondering about is what's the drop-off going to be like in effects? And, you know, like Dark Tower doesn't probably need as many effects as some things. But what's what's that drop off going to be from the movie to the TV show, if any? Yeah, I mean, and how are they going to split it up? That's true because like when you're going from like I'm assuming this movie is going to be, you know, hundred hundred fifty million dollar movie, and whatever that anamorphic of budget buys you, like mm-hmm. what happens when you transplant that, you know, to TV? Like some some I, I think Chris is right. Some stuff may get lost in the translation there. Yeah, well, it's interesting because um, God, and I read I never finished the series. Um, I hate to say it. I've got to get back onto it now that this is, the wheels are in motion for this. But I did read a good chunk of about half of it, and I forget what book. I think it's – is it the third or the fourth book goes back in time. So the lead character is Roland. The, 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 he's the last gunslinger, right? And so at a certain point in the book series, the, the, there's a, a novel that serves as a prequel to show how Nolan – Roland, excuse me, Roland got to uh, where he is, how he became a gunslinger. It's him as a kid, and this is whole culture and and how they all got killed off and, you know, et cetera. So I think that's what the TV series is going to be. Would you say he's got to go back in time? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he does, actually. Did Um, did they mention, Eric, if um, they're going to shoot, like, the movie and the series concurrently? uh, It did not say. It's like from a logistical point of view, that might... That might make some sense. That's yeah, so crazy just don't to stop. Even think about how they're going to roll this out. Yeah. It's such a huge undertaking. And they have I, I kind of hope it doesn't fall apart. Because oh, me neither. It's I, like it's, it's like the Avengers movie. It's like sure. such an ambitious thing to try yeah. to do. Well, I mean, think about not only okay the commitment of Ron Howard and 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 Akiva Goldsman, but the commitment that the cast has to make to this. I mean, is it safe to say six years of their life, maybe? But isn't that the dream four, of an actor? Four, at least, yeah. yeah, of their life, right? Shouldn't you dream for a project like that as an actor? Because not only are you going to get paid for three feature films and a TV series, but well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, steady work. I would say, you know, dream about it on, uh, obvi- like, the, the immediate benefits, sure. But, you know, and at the same time, like, look at it like you, you could be risking pigeonholing yourself right. in a franchise that doesn't, you know, take off. Because even, even folks that have... You know, actors that are in kind of long-running TV series, uh, Cheers or uh, Frasier or something like that, those guys at least can go off summers up. and make yeah. movies during their hiatus. These guys, when they're making a movie during their hiatus, it's the same it's movie that the yeah. TV show. I, actually, <laughs> I feel there's nothing different between this and, like, the Lord of the Rings situation, you know? Like, they're probably just going to be holed up someplace doing this one project for a while, and, and that's just how it is. Yeah. 
I mean, logistically, I'm, I'm sure it'll like mirror whatever they did for that. And that, I, I just think like, you know, to, to get like a significant cast like to pad out a TV series, you know, and the films like that, like that's gonna. I I do not envy the person who has to keep track of that schedule. Yeah. I'd but, like to see them do a like Walking Dead approach to the cast and that just yeah, hire a bunch of people who like are capable but fairly unknown and and just go from there. Well, Although they want a big want name, a big name star for for Roland. To catch uh, on. Yeah. Well. Listen up, guys. Chris Carl's available. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing, you know, rumors. There was, you know, a rumor that Josh Holloway would, mm. would be, He'd be know, good. Would be good at that. And yeah. I don't know if he's big enough star. I mean, on the TV side, he is. That yeah. would definitely get the geek vote there. But on the big screen, like it, you know, it's too bad Daniel Craig's already doing his cowboy movie. I yeah. Like, you know, I, f- like, I feel like Dark Tower is the star. You know, like there is so many people read that series, and I feel like it's a it's a pretty easy thing to. To pitch to people, yeah, know? I think the visuals are going to sell it a lot. Um, you know, at least and the visuals I'm seeing in my head, right? Mm-hmm. And the opening line of the book is, you know, the yeah, As, uh, the man in black, the black, and you know, and, and the man followed him. Yeah, I, I, and the gunslinger followed him. Fans, yeah, but it's one of the, the man most, in black like, walk across the desert, and the gunslinger followed him, or something, something like you, that. You put that on a poster and Dark Tower and a release date, and you're going to have some people there. I yeah. just feel like Josh Hollow. I actually think Josh Hollow would be pretty inspired. Um, you know, he, I know he's, he plays kind of, kind of a wisecracking guy on Lost, but I think he could rein it in and play that really like intense, right. uh, man in black character. And yeah, you know, would be awesome. Cut to Sawyer right now, yeah. lobbying for that job. <laughs> well, here's one more question I have for you on this. Cause, uh, Chris, you mentioned the drop off, um, in effects, right. From, yeah. from visual effects, from a film to TV show. What about just the drop off of, I mean, viewers, I mean, you know, are you going to get folks to follow this thing through all these different mediums because, and, and this is a very kind of early slash primitive example to this, and maybe we shouldn't use it to compare, but X-Files did try to do that with the first movie. I mean, um, there, the season, the year that the film re- uh, released, that season ended and fed into the film, film a bit. Yeah. And then, and, and in turn, the end of that film kind of dovetailed into dovetailed the, right. into the that, new that's season. That's a good point. This is going to be much more integrated, I think, than that, you know, and, and also they're going in with the perspective from the very beginning that they're going to weave this through. Right. Right. So it's a different example. But, um, yeah, I don't know if that was successful. I think this there's so much subject matter in the Dark Tower series that it could be, you mm-hmm. know, like a. I agree with Phil. Whoever has whoever has, to, whoever has to fill out the schedule and figure out, like, how this thing is going to play out. Is you know they, this they, thing, they're worthy of some respect. This thing could be like you know, at, at worst it could be like a bunt, you know. Yeah. That, no, but at, at best, like it could be like like it could be you know grand the slam. home run. Yeah, it could be a grand slam that that redefines how we do this. Like if this works, I can see so many other people trying to like you know cash in on it. Yeah. And my my I, and also it, it might be you know good to note that they haven't announced yet like what network this is going to be on. It's going right. to be cable, right. but it the. The most, assumption most is, is yeah, BBC. and it's uh, yeah, and the films will and be distributed through Universal, it. you know. Yeah, they could definitely use it. I don't, I, I don't know that I want to see this on. I on don't want to see. I want to see it on a cable channel. I yeah, want to see it on, on a HBO channel or something yeah. where you can do that. Well, of course, I want a level of violence and and you know uh, everything else. <laughs> like there's <laughs> an R rating. Like as a brand, like from I only read like the first book, but. You know, as a brand like Dark Tower is, it gets from what I hear, it gets gradually darker, and it starts off in a pretty kind of dark. Yeah, it starts off in a firm place of black. You know, mm-hmm. look at NBC. I 
what shows on there like are not like shiny happy everything you know like i i feel that they don't really that's not a i feel like that's not a currently a good home for a project like this it isn't but at the same time like they need to go they need they need, they to, need to go there because yeah that's true they don't have anything you know of that caliber going on that network i don't know whenever Biggest i think loser. of whenever i think of nbc <laughs> with something like this i just have flashbacks to like um surface sequest uh <laughs> with sequest Sur- and sequest, uh, surface yeah earth 2 heroes. earth 2 exactly heroes exactly yeah, although heroes, heroes started strong heroes but, season 2 and beyond yeah. yeah nbc has never really found like a good genre show to you know ride off into residual heaven i don't but, know uh, man the cape is looking pretty slick yeah I said sarcastically. (laughs) For the three episodes, it's going to be on. Yeah. All right. Uh, Quantum of Solace. That could segue us into... uh, That was kind of forced, dude. That wasn't very smooth. I don't care. (laughs) I just wanted to sing it. All right. Well, um, uh, yeah, I'm going to use that to segue to the next next couple of news items, which are actually photo stories. Uh, Yesterday... I think both of them were yesterday, or maybe one was early today. Photos from uh, X Men First Class of M- of January Jones as uh, Betty Draper, as uh, yeah, Emma, Emma Frost. Frost, and then uh, photos from the Captain America set of Chris Evans's uh, stunt double in the cap outfit, like riding a motorcycle, and some agents from Hydra also. On motorcycles, their, yeah. Right in their motorcycles from Rise of Cobra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so those photos yeah. leaked uh, out, and so I just did. You guys get a chance to see him? Yes. I wanted to get your thoughts. I did see them. Yeah. Okay, so first off, that costume needs to fit somebody better. Uh, Captain <laughs> America costume was a little droopy on that guy. Yeah, I think yeah. it looks cool. I want to see it on Chris Evans, not the stunt right. double, and right. I want to see what it looks like finished because I'm pretty sure they didn't want these. Pretty sure they didn't want these photos out there, right? Right. Uh, they don't look optimal. I agree. I mean, I, I I wasn't a huge. I mean, it looks like what we thought it was going to look like in terms of the design, right? Because we've seen the the concept art and stuff, and it doesn't right. look like that. But it didn't quite look uh, <laughs> very super heroic. No, on, I mean, it didn't look on real. The guy. Who knows like, what camera that was using? You know, I'm, yeah, I'm sure, like, sure. You know, the production value for that movie, it'll look. Better than it does, as right. long as it doesn't look anything resembling Cobra, right? You know, GI Joe. Like, right. I actually do love the bikes and the car. You know, like some of the shots from there were pretty cool. I, thought. I like that and retro Hydra. The fact that they're not wearing the green jumpsuits is probably a good call on somebody's mm-hmm. part. Right. You, know, like, you do see the Hydra logo, though. Uh, like, you also see like a, a Red Skull kind of emblem right, as right. well on their on their costume. So obviously, the Red Skull is tied to Hydra. Um, and it get it, it has this kind of uh, sky captain vibe, you know, yeah. this retro futuristic look to Which it. Which could so. be a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, again, it it depends on how it plays out, right? I'm hoping that this movie is, and this is a, a big hope. This is a, a high ambition, but right. I'm hoping that it's a cross between, you know, a superhero film and Indiana Jones. Yeah. And I think if Which they seems can, to be. How they're going? Yeah, if they can pull that off, they can find that 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 happy medium there, that happy ground, you know, work. Well, if anybody can do it, Joe Johnston can, right? The director of October Sky <laughs> and Jurassic Park Three. You know, yeah. oh, I love Jurassic Park Three, so don't get me started on that. I actually thought that movie was like what I wanted Jurassic Park you just like, to be. You just you, like dinosaur P being the MacGuffin. No, and you every, liked it because there were uh, pterodactyls in you it. You know why I liked, liked it? it? It's because it was short. 
and they <laughs> got right to the killing. Wow. And the dinosaurs were all actually, uh, you know, pre- I, I don't know. I, they were actually like seemed like a threat to me to in that movie. Like in in well, I guess in the first one too. But I just. I don't know. The second movie was kind of bloated for me. And actually the yeah, first one just had those annoying bastard kids in it. And I just – I hate them so much. I hate them so, so Wait, much. Wait, you like the annoying kid from Jurassic Park 3? Three. Three. Oh, no, no, I didn't. I want, <laughs> you wanted him to get eaten. I want most kids to die in movies. I mean that's, that's – in- so let me get this straight. You like Jurassic Park 3, but you don't like The Flash. I just want to be crystal clear on this. Yeah, I mean, like, one... Oh, wait, 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 one more time. <laughs> the, the, can you say yes? <laughs> yeah, can we get a definitive yes? <laughs> yes. Um, reader, listeners, you heard it. Yeah, I like Jurassic Park 3. I don't like The Flash. I don't know. I, you guys don't like Jurassic Park 3, huh? No. 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 Not at all. Well... You know, each their own. <laughs> yes. But you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will uh, – let's loop back around to the photos for a second, and I will also comment on the uh, the Emma Frost photos from uh, the X-Men First Class um, set. And, you know, it, I dug them. It, it's very it's very 60s. It's very Mad Men, you know. Yeah. She's, not, um, she's not Emma Frost from – like the current run of the of the X Men yeah, comics, she where she's like in a like negligee, you right. know, but a weird stripper mutant, right? But she's dressed all in white. She's got this very kind of the, the furry, it's like the Russian, it's like a bond. Yeah. Like it looks a bond, bond exactly. It looks, yeah. looks like a little Avengersy, a little. Yeah. At first, when I heard you know that they were going the sixties route with first class, like really. This is what they're. This could be problematic. Then you see it, you're like, you know what? This kind of looks like fun. Yeah. yeah like exactly. I want to get caught up. In a '60s Marvel movie from the guy who gave me Kick-Ass and Layer Cake, right? Yeah. That right. could be cool. Yeah, I, the, I still have my I still have my reservations about yeah, that movie. I, I still even have my reservations about January Jones being great for that role. She is an ice queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. I mean, I mean, Our Alice Eve was queen. like the rumor she was going to have the role. She to me, she has a bit more weight, yeah. a bit more presence than January Jones, just because I'm so used to. The slight Betty Drapering. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, January Jones has been in other things, though, and capable. And, and you know, I don't think that that – yeah, I think where she falls down is in the humor department. So I don't think mm-hmm. it, we're going to need much humor out of Emma Frost anyway. No. So it's like I think that could be fine. But it's interesting to see, uh, you know, sort of how that movie looks on set. And, you know, just like the first idea of yeah. you know, how, how it's going to be. I like the 60s idea too and I want to – I want to see more of it. Yeah, yeah. Please I mean, leak more photos, whoever's doing it. That was... Uh, it's the same guy who's taking the pictures of Cap. Yeah, exactly. He's running from set to set. You know, he uh, has a picture of They're Cap, both like, shooting in London, actually, right? dude. Yeah. yeah. You know he has a picture of Cap, like that stuntman shooting on like a power bar, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> thankfully that's not the one he, he got chose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, real quick, I'm going to read another um, uh, letter from one of our readers, um, just because it ties into kind of Marvel uh, movies. And... He actually is just asking what we would think of, of this kind of casting choice uh, for tell, Marvel films. Tell us what Brian Singer emailed us about. Weirdly <laughs> <laughs> enough, I was having lunch with Brian Singer the other day. At uh, Johnny Rockets. Wow. Johnny Rockets. What a coincidence. Did he say uh, Peter Jackson was a tool? He, he <laughs> a, chump. a chump. <laughs> uh, so this is from Valder, and he asks what we think of the following um, Marvel movie cast. Um Scott Adkins, I'm not familiar with him, as Danny Rand slash Iron Fist. Great. <laughs> uh, Michael J. White as Luke Cage. Dark Knight's yes. Gamble? Really? And Spawn, right? Spawn is Luke Cage? He, he could have done it maybe ten years ago, yeah. I think. 
I've always liked this that. email come from like an Earthlink. <laughs> I like that dude from. Uh, and I don't know what he looks like now, but that dude who used to be on uh, NYPD Blue. Can't remember his name. Big dude. Fancy. The guy who played the the, the head of the squad, or the other guy no, who came the, in toward the end. Towards yeah, the end, yeah. that guy. I thought he would always be a good Luke you Cage. Can do it. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like uh, the Old Spice guy. Yeah, he's got. No. Well, he actually has him on here, Isaiah Mustafa, for the Old Spice guy. Old Spice guy as T'Challa, Black Panther. Ooh, oh, yeah. He's actually lobbying. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that actor is uh, is lobbying for, for that Cage. role. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, for Luke Cage. You're right, right. for Luke Cage. I mean, but, Tyrese has been tied to Luke Cage for a long time, yeah. and I, I wouldn't mind seeing him be Luke Cage. But um, that guy would be good too for He'd either be, role. We yeah, all know good. that Wesley Snipes will be Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, gonna be. He started. Sad. He will book in his career with Blade and Black Panther. It's sad I, to me. I don't want Black Panther to go to Wesley Snipes. Again, I would have said Always Wesley. Been on Black, Chris. <laughs> I would have said Wesley Snipes maybe ten years ago for that. Now it's getting to the point where. Yeah, I mean, if we were still around the days of Art of War, Art of War Two, yeah. it might still be viable. Yeah. Yeah, it's just getting a little. He's getting too little long in the teeth. Anyone? Oh wow! Zigzag. <laughs> wow. Um, and lastly, Yvonne um, Strahovski. Strahovski, Sarah and Chuck as Carol Danvers slash Miss Marvel. She can do whatever she yeah, wants in the Marvel universe. I think she would be great as Miss Marvel. Actually, mm-hmm. way to go! I could actually Valder. see. I could actually see her um, cast in a. Uh, in an X-Men role of some sort, yeah, some female yeah. mutant, you know? I agree. She is like, yeah. she's, she's also like kind of commands the nerd audience already. Right. So it, that would be That'd a be smart, smart casting choice. For yeah. And for those of us who do watch Chuck, I mean, she does have some range. She's not just the pretty chick who gets into fights. Like she can, she can act. Right. She can act her way out of a paper bag if need be. Hey, so if you want us to talk about you on the next episode of Keeping It Real, just email us at keepingitreal at IGN.com. Or just swing by Chris's message. interview booth at the Johnny Rockets <laughs> at the Grove. Exactly. <laughs> this message brought to you by Flash Bash. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next on the news front, um, looks like we might – well, let me just preface this by saying I always crack up when I read uh, potential casting news for The Hobbit because <laughs> – the Hobbit doesn't even exist yet, yet they're, like, casting and there's director rumors and this and that. But apparently um, rumors spread earlier this week um, that, you know, Martin Freeman was up for the role of Bilbo Baggins in The in the Hobbit, but that there were all these scheduling conflicts with um, the BBC series uh, Sherlock that he's, he's on. In, he play, he right. plays Watson and on he that was, show. Uh, for, for those who don't know he, who he is, he was in um, the UK version of The Office. He was the Jim character. He was the Jim mm-hmm. character. Um, he, he, was also he was also in um, Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide. Guide yeah. Yeah. He was also in Love Actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He he was the guy who got to feel up the naked chick. On right. The, uh, he was like a body double on the set. Yeah, yeah. He's super funny. He was also in Ali G. Into House. Don't watch that movie ever. Save yourself some trouble. <laughs> he was horrible in it, too. That's the that's the official title. Yeah. <laughs> Don't watch it. It's horrible. The only the only funny part in that whole movie, I'll spoil it for everybody, is when he goes booyaka 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 <laughs> when, he's, when he's listening to uh, wow. drum and bass in his car. Nice. Slap at the bass. He's slap at the bass, man. Um, so at any rate, getting back to this, it, 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 they said there was a scheduling conflict, but apparently um, that's all been worked out now. And so, uh, in that he no longer yeah, has projects. <laughs> didn't Entertainment Weekly say that they've 
you know, they want him so badly. Or yeah, that, that they're they willing to kind of work around his schedule and Sherlock and, and wait for him. He and, is so. absolutely perfect for Bilbo. Yep. Absolutely perfect. Like, I can't think of another actor out there who would be better. Yeah. Um, uh, Elijah looks, Wood? <laughs> he looks Hobbit-esque a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he know, does. Like, he's kind of got that, what they cast for in the Lord of the Rings movies. And I, I think they, they should go DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, and, and what's even <laughs> what's even cool about this too is that uh, kind of like you and McGregor with in Star Wars, where you know you could see him as the young Obi Wan. You know the way they made him look with the beard and everything, and kind of look like uh, Alec Guinness. You know, uh, I can see him kind of eventually maturing into Ian Holm. You right. know, so yeah, I'd be down with this this casting. Go for it. Make it happen. Yeah, let's make this movie happen. Also, MGM, um, get your S together. <laughs> uh, well, on Which that note, us, yeah, exactly. Uh, also yesterday, there was word that uh, it looks like there's finally a, a light at the end of the tunnel for MGN. Uh, as you know, they're MGM. I think I said MGN. Uh, you know, they've been struggling. They've been bankrupt. They have all it's this debt. we're buying them. Exactly. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> We're going to be making pictures, y'all. The Hobbit and Bond, (laughs) yo. Um, But it looks like... Like $40 um, versions of Bond. (laughs) Exactly. It looks like uh, Spyglass Entertainment is uh, poised to essentially pick them up. And what will happen is if they do do come in and kind of take over MGM, they're essentially going to kind of gut the labor force over there and outsource the distribution of these films. So... You know, uh, Warner, guys. Sony, Fox, all the those three are said to be um, kind of bidding, if you will, to okay. to distribute some of these films. Who's the wild card, Eric? Paramount is the wild card right. as well, uh, because um, Spyglass uh, was involved with the new Trek remake right. and Dinner for Schmucks, so they have connections over at Paramount. Obviously, they have some sort of deal film. with that studio. But and at the same time, Warner's, uh, you know, is a co-owner of the Hobbit franchise. Right. And Sony, um, you know, at one time had the Bond franchise. Fox Home Entertainment distributes all of the Bond films on DVD. So, As, mu- as much as it sounds like, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, Spyglass swooped in and was like, look, we can put this house in order. It sounds like, though, that they still have the same problems, you know, in terms of you know all those all those fingers in so many pies for who who gets to take over bond who gets to release the hobbit you know like with Warner Brothers having ties here and Sony having ties there it's like who who they're going to eventually settle with and and how many people are going to let that go who have invested interest and mm-hmm. in making money off of those properties yeah well you know the hobbit both of these franchises kind of write their own checks so like it's just a matter of like who can get this stuff into production because it's, they're both going to be very, very successful. And if you look, I mean, Bond, for, uh, The Hobbit seems to be like that could probably go a little faster. Like it could be like right. hurtled into production a little quicker. But if you look at for Bond, I mean, if they want to stick with Daniel Craig, like conceivably given his his schedule, like we might not get a Bond movie with him until 2012. Yeah, I mean, he's shooting yeah. Cowboys and Aliens and right now. He's old. got uh, girl yeah, with the 50. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo <laughs> next. I mean, yeah. Uh, he signed cool. up for like three or four projects when it looked like Bond was going to fall off. Yeah. And, you know, 
it's conceivable that he won't come back. You know, it's conceivable that we might have to don't, have another don't. another bond. The more you mm-hmm. say that aloud, the more likelihood <laughs> the likelihood of it happening and could. Trust me, I want him to be in Quantum of Solace <laughs> too. <laughs> now that was better, dude. That <laughs> was a better segue. Quantum harder. <laughs> I know. By the way, let's never have Quantum of Solace too. Let's just move on. We'll make it a, just a different title. <laughs> I was just thinking about like the really offensive Bond titles and like female uh, sort of the, the mm-hmm. Bond girl titles. Right. Oh, I was having this conversation the other day. Like, how in the hell? And this would never happen now. How in the hell did they ever release a movie called Octopussy? It would never happen now. Yeah. You could not get that in the theater. No. Yeah. Yeah. Octa junk. Probably- <laughs> <laughs> that would sell. That would be. That would be a hundred and fifty million opening weekend at the box office. So, uh, so moving on um, from Bond to Master Chief. Yeah, well, it's kind of in a roundabout way. Um, so, Rupert Sanders, uh, he's a British filmmaker. It's a made-up name. Yeah, <laughs> he directed what we would know him for is he directed the live-action commercials for Halo Three and um, Halo Three ODST, and that Carl Jr. spot with Paris Hilton. Did you really? No. I'll <laughs> say like, that would be that would be pretty funny. And no, so reportedly So reportedly he's in talks now to kind of transition over to um uh a new franchise uh I think it's for Lionsgate. Yeah, for Lionsgate. And it's a, a kind of teen series of books called The Hunger Games and it's it's uh being compared to kind of the new Twilight saga. Um, minus the glitter? Yeah, minus the yeah. sparkly vampires and, and whatnot. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I mean, obviously, I don't know too much about this guy other than those commercials. I've got but a better idea, buddy. How about you do the Halo movies? Right. Well, right. I mean, it's not up to him, obviously. Sure, of but course not. But right. what? Yeah, let's get that thing underway. Which yeah. we heard some news about over the weekend, right? Over the Labor Day weekend that, you know, Microsoft is still interested in making a well, yeah. movie. It's and non-news, TV really. I mean, it was just right. like, yeah, we're still interested in doing this, but... Seriously, every time anybody talks to Frank O'Connor, he's going to say that. Right, you know? exactly. Right. It's like, it's, it's true. It's like the biggest untapped sort of video game thing out there. If we get a Mass Effect movie before a Halo movie, I think yeah, something's wrong. Yeah. Although a Mass Effect movie, I would love to freaking see. Yeah, I would love to see Mass Effect or Halo, whatever. But uh, you can see, you know, from the live action spots that he's made that mm-hmm. he could handle doing that movie. Yeah. And uh, it, the, the, the spots also kind of point to the fact that this movie could look awesome You're right. right and could be something other than the original like kind of blom camp ideas that we were hearing about you know well it's interesting because uh you think about it anybody who i mean blom camp kind of followed the same model right he did the uh the short the 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 jayberg uh, uh what was the, the name of it the short it lost of, oh uh, yeah uh, Lost in Johannesburg yeah jayberger yeah and then yeah. and then he did the like the halo shorts and then all of a sudden district nine Nine, right and now this guy does the live action halo commercials and now he's landing a feature film it's almost like this is like a some sort of proving ground halo is like just like a a trampoline for other directors exactly on anything but the halo live action movie yeah so i I think we should uh do a halo short yeah we will We'll do that next week. You can start a podcast bear. <laughs> real quick. Real quick. <laughs> Those of you who can't see it, uh, we do have a very large, very white 
very happy teddy bear. For those of you, <laughs> for those of you who can see it, let me introduce you to Walter Bishop. <laughs> Walter it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, podcast bear is happy. Oh uh, yeah. So we've got some. Um, Spidey rumor news too this week. No kidding. Yes. We never have Follow that. Cinder, don't care. <laughs> yeah, the Spidey project is quickly becoming boring to me. Well, not I when I say don't care, I mean who is in talks about being in the movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just saying like all these rumors, it's just like let's let's just let's do the thing, you know. You're not Batman 3 Spider-Man reboot. <laughs> uh, so apparently uh a reporter with the Globe and Mail um, visited the home of uh, Mike Comrie, who's uh, I hope I'm saying his name right. He's a professional hockey player. And yeah, he's, he's came up with the Edmonton Oilers, I yeah. believe. He's uh, and he's married to uh, Hillary Duff. And I guess while this reporter was there, like um, on the coffee table or something, he noticed a script uh, for Spider Man. Sitting there, and oh, then my comrades reading for it. Obviously, <laughs> well, that was the thing. <laughs> the The lines for like uh, the female lead character were all highlighted in the script. So, so this guy went into this guy's house, saw a script on the table, and immediately and, decided to flip through it. Well, saw a script named Spider Man on the table and decided to someone decided yeah. to report on it. Yeah, someone needs to learn etiquette when you go yeah. to someone's house. Yeah. yeah, and also, yeah, that's crazy. So. Uh, you know, and and by the way, just real quick, the 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 role was just labeled girl. It didn't have a name. So uh, you know the the kind of the buzz around it is that this is going to be the love interest for for Peter Parker. But nobody knows if it's MJ, if it's Gwen Stacy, if it's some new character. Madam Web. Yeah, it's just yeah, Madam Web. It's just <laughs> it's just she's just labeled as girl. Okay. So so you know the insinuation is that Hillary Duff is reading for this role. Also, I mean, I saw some comments on this article. Just to be clear, readers and listeners, she is not getting – she is not She's being not cast, cast in the part. No, 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 no. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times in Hollywood, stuff like this goes down where a favor of a favor, a manager gets someone an audition, and that's it. You know, like it may – I mean, if Hillary Duff blows out of the park, then maybe she's an, a viable contender. But at this point, just take it as rumor. And uh, when you see scripts for comic book movies on people's coffee tables, flip through them and read them. Pick them up. <laughs> exactly. You know, I don't – I don't – Maybe I'm the only one, but I don't really – I don't hate her 100% for this. It's just I, – I, I don't – I just don't think it's real. I don't hate yeah. – yeah, I don't hate her either. I mean I, I'm just – I'm lukewarm like she's a non-issue. But if, if you're going into this reboot as risky as it is coming off of the successful Sam Raimi run, the, the best way to get your fans to scratch their heads and the way our fandom does, like they do it violently, is to put Hillary Duff in yeah. the movie. You know, you right. don't want to steer away from that. I mean the the – it makes sense to me with the whole concept of them going back to high school and this and that, and she, you know, still kind of fits in that right. that range. But yeah, I agree. And, and you know, again, I, I think it's a non-issue. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not gonna like much like the Captain America uh, costume in that photo. Yeah. I'm not gonna worry about it <laughs> until, until see it I see it in action. You know, yeah, so or see it cool in the publicity still or yeah. something. Exactly. You know, but exactly. you know, I can see her being a Gwen Stacy or something like. That. I can even see her be MJ. I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Her I would her let her before, bring but. the coffee to whomever is cast. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe she really is just girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she's in a scene. <laughs> like, Look up in the sky. It's Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, for like three minutes. <laughs> Those are all the lines that were highlighted yeah. through the thing. Um, now, here is a non-news item that I'm actually very, very excited about. Um, our UK team 
did a, a Twitter interview with uh, Mila Jovovich the other day. Um, you know, she's 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 a huge she's huge on Twitter. I mean, she um, is constantly on that thing. When when she was shooting the movie, she was constantly like breaking stories from the set. She was twittering in character. <laughs> yeah, as it was Alice. really cool. So just um, killed the axe man. So they did this. Uh, <laughs> so they did this Twitter interview with her, and you had you know readers from of IGN UK kind of write in, and uh-huh. they ask questions and whatnot. Uh, one of the things that came up in just a kind of roundabout way was I think it was a really kind of generic question, open-ended question of just to like, you know, what what movie role would you love to play? Just something as ambiguous as that. And her response was, I would love to play Chitara in a thun- live-action Thundercats movie. Well played, Mila. Yeah, I, mean, I that, for that, one, that could be a nerd PR. Fully support yeah. that. I fully I, support my, that. My dude. dark lust for that is huge. Like, yeah. I, who wouldn't support that? Right. I mean, <laughs> as long as it, as long as she doesn't bring her husband in as the director, if that ever happened, I'd be happy with that. Michael J. White as Panthera. Well, no, but what's funny is we've actually How got Joel Osment as Lino. We've got Tyrese. <laughs> we have a video uh, snippet of Tyrese uh, on IGN talking about how uh, he wants to play. Uh, uh, is it Panthro? Is that uh, Panthro? Yeah, you know. Okay, so, so this this cast is coming together, my friends. You know who else is an enormous <laughs> Thundercats fan, and this is funny. Is Piper Parabo is a huge, huge really? Thundercats fan. She could play Snort. Yeah, yeah I, I I could not see her as a. I mean, I don't know what role would be available to her. Wasn't one of the two little cat kids? Wasn't one of those was a girl? Was a John, chick? So. Throwing this yeah. out there, though. She's gonna save those uh, kids for the sequel. What about Ian McKellen as Mamara? <laughs> um, he's going to have tough audition space with you in the running of the role. <laughs> or or Gary Oldman. I was having lunch with Gary Oldman today, and he, we were recounting Ooh. our favorite Thundercats characters. Gary Oldman as Mamara. I like he, that. He dude. said, you know, uh, cr- you know Chris, <laughs> I'd really like to tackle Mamara. <laughs> <laughs> It would bookend my Sid and Nancy days. <laughs> oh, oh Lord. Well, Gary, I'm just going to say I would love to this. see this happen. That's all I'm going to say. Would, he, he actually <laughs> said that's his third greatest villain after Air Force One. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, the guy from The Professional. <laughs> that guy. Well, uh, I'm going to jump into a reader mail, uh, actually, from there. <clears throat> it's uh, Gary Oldman. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. But... Uh, just kind of piggybacking off of what I, you know, where I was like, oh, I'd really love to see this movie, which is true. I really would love to see uh, a thunder, a live-action Thundercats movie. Um, Kevin is a big Avatar: The Last Airbender fan of hey, the, by the actual. Way, Kevin, get a better name. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. We've got like Vadir or whatever. <laughs> wow. We got Vadir and a character from episode two. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm just saying, and, like, and, and, be more imaginative. And Kevin from Peoria writes Wow. In. Hey, dude. All, all you guys listening out there, I love your names. Keep writing in. <laughs> I'm just Don't kidding. listen to these guys. I'm just kidding. It was more a, it was more a play on, like, how uh, the other two names sounded like, yeah. like characters out of Star He wrote Wars. this from a Corolla, actually. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> So Kevin is a big the Avatar, bird from Up, the Last Airbender <laughs> fan uh, of the animated series, not necessarily the movie. He actually goes on to say that the movie was terrible, but uh, he says he's he's um, waiting to see a sequel solely on the hope that they make a better movie. What are the chances of a sequel being filmed? Uh, and he references Book Two Earth, um, with, you know, from the animated series, uh, based on the box office take, because it's true. I mean, the movie. 
actually it was critically panned of course and mm-hmm. we 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 were right there with them I and mean, we kind of slammed it but the movie did pretty well at the box office so but th- you know did it do well enough compared to the sequel? critical anal- you know, analysis for a sequel well I, I think they could make a sequel but i don't know that it will be that much better i mean are they going to base it on the events of the first one and try to go from there are they going to keep the same cast then right i mean We've never really seen a movie so, so bad that came out and then had a really brilliant sequel. I mean, it just – I can't think of a single example of that. Punisher or Warzone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. No. No. That I was, was sarcasm say, for all yeah. the, on the radio waves. I was going to say Evil you know, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, but... But, I mean, it's such a Those different movies. thing than, yeah. than Airbender. Those movies are playing fair with their yeah. guilty pleasureness. Yeah, whereas exactly. I would... Airbender's just guilty. I would know? think that, you know, in five, ten years, they could revisit this property and do it differently. Right. You know, like, there are enough real Avatar fans out there um, who could, like, you know, and, and who would appreciate a better take on, on that franchise. I've seen uh, a little bit of uh, Avatar. I'm not, like, somebody who follows it, but, like, the the... Animated series is so much richer than what was yeah thrown up there. That's screen. for sure. And well, with Shyamalan, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Well, and he was talking. I mean, you know, back in the day about how he's got this huge trilogy planned for it, and this and that, and you know, he had high expectations, and so there is, like you said, the source material is rich, but uh, yeah, I don't. See? I agree. I don't think maybe a sequel would happen, but maybe. I could see, yeah, like a five-year kind of hiatus, and then they revisit the franchise. Or maybe in two years, like a 90-minute apology for M. Night <laughs> Or if a, sequel, if a sequel does happen, my, th- my theory is it's not going to be good. You know, yeah. like, it, we, if, you, if what you're looking for, Kevin, is a good movie, then we're probably looking for a reboot down the line or yeah. just, a, you know, like a reinvention of that franchise. Um, and, you know, I think it deserves it. I think, you know, the Avatar fans out there really deserve something. And, I, you know, I've read everything from Avatar fans from the, like, really apologist stuff that's like, come on, I love the series. It mm-hmm. was okay. You know, to the people who were just, like, felt like, you know, their whole childhood had been urinated on. Yeah, yeah. Much yeah. like all Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's not go there. Um. <laughs> Much well, like I anyway, Kevin, I'm, I apologize for ripping on your name. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hate me. But if we can still come over for Stovetop later, we'd yeah. love to. <laughs> <laughs> just, trying to. Just trying to make good radio here, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we? Um, why don't we kind of look at what's opening up this week and and see how we're gonna see what the box office, how we think the box office is gonna pan out. And actually, to be honest with you, I think the only the big movie for our readers, I should say, I shouldn't say the only big movie. I, I always make this mistake, you know. I was like, well, the only big movie, and I pick an IGM movie, and then of course there's like. E- Eat, Eat, pray, pray, love, love which is huge, <laughs> you know. But it, I know I don't I don't pay attention to it because it's not on my radar. Um, but the big and you IGM also like movie, good things. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, the big IGM movie, obviously, is Resident Evil Afterlife. Uh, opening which up will tomorrow. have a promising life at the box office. That's right. Good. <laughs> well, it's definitely gonna be number one, right? Like, I, I think so. I think so. Anything else is number one. I think it's gonna do about twenty, actually. Twenty to twenty-five would yeah. be my call. Yeah, yeah. because uh, you know. Just a bunch of smaller films, to be honest with you, opening up opposite it. Um, you have uh, a WWE film, Legendary, starring John Cena, but it's 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 a drama. It's not even a, an action flick. It's, or it's a Hallmark movie getting a theatrical release. Yeah, That's what it feels like. Exactly. Um, and then you've also got um, 
I'm still I'm still here, which is the Joaquin Phoenix Casey Affleck right. uh, directed documentary. Yeah, about that. Um, so yeah, that's not going to do exactly. When I see numbers. that poster, I want my response is, "Are you threatening me?" <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I think it's Resident Evil all the way. Now, what's going to be number two? That's the big question. Takers. Right. I think it might be Takers actually. Um, Can't underestimate the power of that film. It's not going to mm. be the American. I feel like. Oh, no. yeah. Well, the the American got, like, really terrible scores on the exit polls, like C's and, and F's. Well, I also think yeah. now, that, now that the movie's out and, and, you know, reviews are out and we can talk about Which it. Which you can read on IGN Movies. Exactly. Uh, I think we were duped. That movie is not what the marketing made it out to be. Yeah. You know, the marketing, the commercials I saw were trying to paint it. Not, I'm not going to say it goes far as saying it was a born, but but almost. No, you know, it's more action than what ultimately. Clooney's running upstairs with a gun. He's yeah. chasing someone in a Vespa with a gun. He's yeah, you know, he's being followed. This, yeah. that, and from what I understand, uh, I haven't seen it, but Phil, you you reviewed mm-hmm. it for us. From what I understand, it's a lot slower. Yeah, it is. It is not an action movie. It has elements of action in it that you know. For me, as a big fan of the action movie genre, like I was satisfied with what they delivered with the small bursts of gunfights that they had. But, yeah, it's a slow burn, you know, ode to 1970s movies and, and with European sensibilities. Like, if mm-hmm. you like The Conversation and Three Days of the Condor, slow burn mm-hmm. movies like that, you may enjoy The American. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think fair enough. You know, that's how you get people to the theater is, is mm-hmm. show them the things that they want to see <laughs> and then bring them in and then win the weekend at the box office. Right. right. But, you know, like, that's what that movie's going to do is this last weekend because I don't think it's going to get word of mouth based on the exit polls. And, right. I mean, I'm sure, like, little art house indie fans might dig it or people who are fans of 70s movies might dig it. But I don't think that, that re- recommendation is being passed around that much. Whereas Takers, <laughs> I actually heard about it, like, four or five times just being out in public last week. And I was like, okay, you know. I'm just wondering. Not for me, but. Yeah. Gary I, Oldman endorsed it. Yeah. In, in, in yeah your lunch. It's like, I'll tell you what's a brilliant film. Takers. <laughs> You know, I auditioned for that role that that, that, that Anakin punk got. <laughs> well, I was gonna say uh, I was gonna say Machete at, at number two, but I, I don't know. The, the Machete and Resident Evil, in a lot of ways, seem like very similar films. Right. So, and you know, Machete like making you know less money as it went on, like over the weekend. You know, it like, did come up at number two, though. It did it come actually, up at number yeah. two. I mean. That that movie like that movie feels like one of those traditional you know the fanboys show up opening weekend and then eh, yeah. like dissipate and it drops yeah. like fifty percent or more. It's been a lot of that. I I have a feeling that we're you know the the, the Hollywood has given a lot of love to the geeks the last six months. I feel right. like and and it's going to pay bad dividends because it, people did not come out for the films that. We're, we're most excited no. about. Yeah, definitely. And so... They didn't even really come out for the movies we were incredibly excited, like like, uh, like an yeah. Iron Man 2. Right. You know, like that yep. underperformed on some levels. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I think, yeah, I'm not even going to try to do the rest of the box office. I'm going to say, I'm just going to say Resident Evil, number one. I'm going to say, this might be ambitious, I'm going to say $28 million. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That would be because... Because it's 3D, too. That's You're going to pay right? a higher... Hell, your ticket price. I think right around twenty, twenty-ish. Yeah, twenty. And then, oh. and then number two, I think is going to be Takers. Weirdly. Mm. Okay, Phil. Uh, I'm going to say about like twenty, twenty-two in the high end, twenty-five for Resident Evil, and either Takers at two or Inception will rise 
The other, <laughs> no, no, just wow. joking. Just joking. <laughs> the other thing to be aware of this weekend is that it's opening football season. Ooh, um, right. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of people on Sunday just watching football it, all day. And Saturday, too. So, And, and yeah. r- Afterlife is rated R, right? Yes. All right. That's going to be a little tough on the PG-13 crowd. Yeah. yeah. So, But they'll find a way. Yeah. Nature finds a way if Jurassic Park taught us anything. <laughs> yeah, nature does find a way. <laughs> well, I guess we will find out on Monday uh, how we did. Um, let's hit that email address one more time, Chris. Keeping it real at IGN.com. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to write in and uh, you know with any questions you've got or comments. Also, uh, if you're on iTunes, um, go ahead and please rate our, our podcast there and, and feel free to leave a, a comment on, on how yeah, we can improve. Exactly. Um, if you like it, keep it. If you don't, toss it back. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us what you think of the Flash. I want to see lots of Flash emails coming in. <laughs> so do I. Keeping it real at IGN.com. All right, guys. We'll hit you next week. Thanks. <laughs>